What up? This is Yika Diz. Peace, this is Outlaw. And you listen to the 80 Babies Podcast. And on today's episode, we're doing kind of a, a mashup, I guess it's a, a put you up slash speak on it for this album from Add Two called Jim Crow the Musical. And I believe it was released November 26th in 2019. I believe so. We don't really have a, a, a release date for this, unfortunately, because of the fact that it doesn't even have a Wikipedia page. Right. Um, but I mean, hey. <laughs> so you wanted to discuss this album because we're recording this after we did our Baby Awards and you felt that this would be an album that might have made the list of some degree on, on one of the categories that doesn't necessarily matter. Maybe album of the year, I believe, is what you were referring to. I think definitely it would be an album of the year candidate. Um, I saw a little bit of banter that you had on on our page um, regarding Freddie Gibbs' uh, bandana, <laughs> which I've said is a is an album of the year candidate. Many people have also said that. Sure. Um, and you vehemently disagreed, which is your opinion, and that's cool. Of course. Um, but one of your, I think, astute criticisms or criticisms that I can agree with is, you know, just lack of like. Uh, diversity and relevant subject matter, right? Well, the other um, thing too, and one of our followers said, I think there was a list of albums. I think this is what you were talking about. There was a list of albums like Bar for Bar, what's the best album this year? And right. one of our followers said, none, it's Bandana. And so I'm like, all right, hold up. Wait, just hold, hold up. Take away the Mad Lib beats. And you're telling me that Bar for Bar, Bandana is really that good? Yo, I listened to that album twice, and there was only one mm -hmm. verse from from Gibbs that impressed me, and that was the mm -hmm. one featuring Yazin Bay and Black Thought. The rest of them were like, "Okay, cool, cool." It's not like <laughs> like there's better bars on this album. There's a there's yeah. way better bars on this album. So it's yeah. kind of like, I don't know. Mm. I'm not gonna relitigate the Freddie Gibbs <laughs> thing because I've already spoken my mind. I said right, that right, you right. know I I agree with you to some degree. Um, yeah. I think a lot of his flows and his delivery are, are a lot of what makes um, his performance so great there. But I do want to talk about this album, yes, and the reason yes. I compared the two is because this album has great subject matter um, and 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 good diversity, and I think that you know a lot of your criticisms of the Freddie Gibbs Madlib album. This this kind of is opposite of of what those criticisms were. So I thought okay. that you might appreciate this album from that perspective. Uh, yes. In fact, I actually thought about that album this morning when I was listening to it again. I've listened to this album maybe mm -hmm. five times since you okay. told me to listen to it. And Probably I was thinking about that album specifically because of that post that you made this morning. So I was kind of <laughs> comparing it. I was like, yeah, it definitely has better bar than, than Gibbs. So, yeah, yeah, I think honestly, and I, I really like the way this guy add to shout out to add to, by the way, I, I shouldn't say this guy. Um, He's a dope MC. He's been doing his thing at least since the blog era. I probably first heard about him in like 09. Um, and he also was a contributor at Hip Hop DX, which was a, a pretty instrumental hip hop website before we had a lot of these other forums. You know, pretty much you had OK Player, XXL Mag and Hip Hop DX, and that was it. And he was a writer for, for them. So, you know, shout out to him. But I thought this album was incredible. Um, I thought it was a, 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 a hip, an album of the year candidate. And I thought that the subject matter was very important at a time when a lot of our album of the year candidates did not have important subject matter. Okay, so before we so, get into the album too much, 
Let's mm-hmm. talk a little bit about Hip Hop DX because that's how you got put onto this album. You said you read an article that they published. Is, is that correct? Um, actually, the way I got onto it was um, I saw some other individuals' uh, album of the year lists. Yeah, I saw those. And too. I saw his and I saw his name on or his his album on two lists, and I was just no, like, it was on several. Okay. Yeah, and I was I like, okay. Amos had him on the list. Um, one of our father, Nate Jeezy, who we used to DJ, he had him on one yeah. of his lists. Uh, there were several people who had him on their list of album of the year, album of the year candidates. Okay, I saw it on two lists. I don't know, but but I was not familiar with the album, and mm-hmm. the fact that it was on more than one list and okay. I hadn't heard the album is what put me onto it. Okay, now this is my first time listening to Add Two, of course, and. Mm-hmm. You know, like you said, I saw him, his name. I saw this album on several lists, and I think just reading this, the title of it, I was like, okay, I can kind of probably figure out what that is. Uh, but when you told me to listen to it, I was like, okay, you know, I went into it with an open mind, and it was good. It was good. Uh, I would not. I'm not sure if I would put it on my album of the year list. List. I don't think so, um, because there's some things that I liked about it, and there's some things that, not that I disliked about it. But sometimes I feel like we're too easy. Sometimes. Hmm. Sometimes, yeah. So we can get into it if you want to. How how exactly yeah. do you want to break this down? Uh let's let's go highlights. Highlights? Okay, so yeah, are we gonna are do uh so let me do all right, so generally speaking, this is a subject matter, obviously, that I appreciate. And I mean, it's very relevant. If you're going to talk about going to be talking about these issues, I'm always going to hear what you have to say. That doesn't necessarily mean I'm going to like it. And at the same time as well, when we talk about the drug subject matter, right? Mm -hmm. Yes, if you're going to talk about this drug subject matter, I can listen to it and appreciate it if the bars are really, really good. You know what I mean? So if you're on like Jay-Z level or Biggie level, like I'm going to listen to you all day. You know what I mean? Mm -hmm. Um, but the same thing goes for this subject matter as well, only because I it's not that I don't recognize that this is positive, but in the past, historically speaking, there have been several artists who've addressed the same topic. Um, and maybe Being you don't black. care. Sure. But like the way they do it like this. Right. And OK, okay um, you know, maybe not as many artists are doing it now, but I almost kind of feel mm-hmm. like. I do kind of hear a lot of these things. Um, and so it's like, all right, well, what are you giving me this different from something that Common gave me or Most Effort to Live or MERS or or whomever? You know what I mean? Like, what, what exactly are you mm-hmm. giving me? Because I almost feel like, you know, even though this is definitely more positive subject matter, it is a little bit of low-hanging fruit because what kind of dickhead criticizes somebody, you know, for producing a pro-black album, right? But you mm-hmm. know me, I'm going to be nuanced. I'm going to <laughs> have a dickhead. critical opinion. Yeah, and sometimes I'm going to have a, a, a you know a dedicated opinion about this. So that being okay. said, though, um, while I do look, like the subject matter, I need to emphasize that although his style doesn't necessarily appear to me appeal to me, he's got bars for real. Like he's got a oh, lot yeah. of lyrics in here. I'm like, yo, like this dude can spit for sure. Yes. Um, and so I had to give him props for that. Like subject matter, be damn. Like the dude got bars. And yeah. that's probably my biggest highlight. Now, mm-hmm. we can go through track for track highlights, but I kind of want to do that with you. So let me get into some of sure. your highlights first. Uh, sure. I mean, so that's one of the things I actually like about this project and dislike about the project. Okay. Um, in a, in a, a playlist era, um, you know, this to me isn't an album that has like 
like a few standout records where it's like, oh, this beat is crazy or okay. this chorus is crazy. Like right. it's just it's just an overall project that I just enjoyed. It's okay. like something that I would just put on and just enjoy. Mm-hmm. Um, so what I'm going to do is um, rather than highlights, like in terms of individual songs, um, I kind of went through each record. Um, I, I didn't get to the last few just because I didn't have time. Oh, but um, and I and I just took like a bar or two bars that kind of just describe what the song is about. Yeah. And those are my highlights. So when we go track for track, I'll just do it there. Well, why don't you just start breaking it down now? Sure. Um, so uh, welcome to Jim Crow's intro. Of course, you know, you get a narrator. That's fine. Um, Secret Life of Blacks. Yeah. Um, I had three lines here. I, I said, uh, this is a portrait um, that accurately portrays blackness from our youth. Um, and the three quotes I have here are uh, watching good times through bad ones, which I thought was dope because I mean, okay. it's just like good times is just like one of those quintessential black shows like the Cosby's uh, quick to take a cliff from a Rudy in the nighttime, which is the Cosby's, right. <laughs> um, you know, and black like I brought you in this world and I can take you out, which I feel like when I talk to all my black friends, like I feel like we always joke about the fact that like. If you have a black mom, it's almost like they went to some like black mom school where they taught them like these, you know, phrases that they tell you when they're upset with you. And I can take you. I brought you in this world. I could take you out is one of those phrases. All right. I I, I had to call bullshit on that one because of the two of us in here, I have a white mom and I heard that Mm -hmm. just as much as you. And she didn't go to any black mom school. That is just a phrase that parents say. It's not a black thing, it's not a white thing. Y'all can claim it if you want to, whatever, but in my personal experience, I heard that shit all the time growing up, and my mom does not have a lick of black in her. So, there, take that. Well, you know, (laughs) happy for for you there. Um, I can't really speak on having a white mom, but I can speak on having a black mom, and I Uh can speak on the shared experiences of other black people who have black moms that I know. And Whatever. they all kind of discussed that. That's fine. That's fine. That One of the bars that I liked in that song, and I'm, I'm uh-huh. going off of memory here. I didn't write it down, but he mm-hmm. opens up the second verse saying, um, Barack Obama's like sitting next to white Jesus. Yeah. Um, though these white teachers couldn't quite teach us. They uh-huh. um, they couldn't recognize we were doing the wrong things for the right reasons. I was like, yes, I fuck with yes. that. Yes. That's when I was like, that's like right off the bat. I was like, oh, okay, he got bars. Yeah, yeah, he's nasty. Yeah, he's nasty. Um, so that those were the highlights there. Um, next song is "Get Your Hand Out of My Pocket." I didn't write a. uh, I like that. I didn't. I didn't write a um a a specific quote, but what I liked about this is is I feel like he he kind of tried to play on a lot of different pieces of the black experience. Sure. Um, and And this is the first one that plays on the black church. Get your hand out my pockets, nigga. But, but in each of the ones that he plays on the black church, he just uses them as like lyrical exercises. Like yeah. he doesn't actually try to indict the black church or really even talk about well, the black church itself. My experience, my my perspective listening to this album, I thought he was Christian. Mm-hmm. Yeah, That's yeah, what yeah, I definitely. got from it. Okay. But what right. I'm saying is like, he's not like, like he, he really could have gone in on some, like the song is called Get Your Hand Out of My Pocket. And it could right. talk about how like, the black church is essentially you have these pastors who are sucking money out of the black community so they can buy their own private jets yeah. and, and and escalades yeah. but he doesn't actually indict the black church he just uses a pastoral tone for a lyrical exercise 
I mean, and that's also um, a reference to, you know, Malcolm X from Spike Lee when, mm-hmm. you know, the scene mm-hmm. where he's about to get got. I uh, say it several times. Get your, hand, get your hand out my pocket. Anyway, yeah. tragic scene, yeah. but for whatever reason, that line has always stuck with me. Anyway, go <laughs> yeah. ahead. Oh, yeah, for sure. That That's definitely uh, one of those quotes that friends always say. Um, so uh, three-fifths, I, I, here I have... Uh, an exploration of the black experience through the concept of the three fifths. Uh, mm-hmm. As a black person, you were and are still considered three fifths yeah. of a human being. And then um, he has a line in the first verse where he says, "Francis Scott Key owns slaves and Jerry Jones too." Yeah. So all right. So lines like that, <laughs> and this is where I'm going to get kind of into the criticism. I know I'm interrupting mm-hmm. your point here, but I think that sometimes. Like, if I can read the title and kind of figure out what the album's going to be off the top and that it is, it kind of feels like a little predictable, a little too on the nose, a little too political. And one of my things with this album is that I kept asking myself, is this an album for white people or is this an album for black people? And lines like that, where you say Jerry Jones owns slaves too, it's like, yeah, okay, black people need to understand that these NFL owners and all these things that we look up to don't really care about us. But... I also feel like, and I think this line comes in another song, but when he says, uh, mm-hmm. at the very end of it, he's like, yeah, you know, they, they locked up Bill Cosby, but can they lock up Ben Roethlisberger too? Yeah. Like, that's a line for white people. And so I have to ask myself, it's like, okay. What do you mean by that's a line for white people? Because here's, here's what I'm saying. All right. Okay. As a grown man, he's not telling me anything on this album that i don't already you know, don't know. Okay. i know all of this stuff i've known all yeah. this stuff for years and maybe it's a reminder but most of us who put this on our album of the list um on our list of our album of the year we mm-hmm. all know this stuff too so okay if you're talking to some you know 10 to 15 year old kid who comes across this album great like maybe this could be you know their black on both sides moment like it was for us cool but I also feel like oftentimes when you get into these spaces, right, I always hear terms like, oh, I'm going to be unapologetically black. And at the same time, I like in the same spaces, maybe not from the same specific voices, because, you know, sometimes everything gets jumbled together. So that's a fair point. But at the same time, too, I also feel like we keep trying to get validation from white people. And I just have a difficult time reconciling the fact that if we're really unapologetically black, why do we care about their opinions on anything? And I don't necessarily mean that we shouldn't respect or understand their opinions because it does have an effect on us. I get that. But why we're still trying to change their minds when they clearly don't want their minds changed. It's just kind of, it's an issue I have have trouble reconciling. And I feel like some of the topics and some of the lines on here are kind of like, Dude, white people don't give a fuck about you. Like, why do we keep doing that? So I, so, uh, I don't know. So I'm, I'm not Ad Two, and, and right. so I won't, I won't claim to speak from Ad Two's perspective. Mm-hmm. But I think that this is a black album for black people. Okay. And I think that there's something to be said for, you know, um, and I think he, re- he really does it well on. And I'm skipping ahead, uh, but there's a skit that is, um. That's like essentially just uh, it's it's like him imitating uh, a stand-up. It's called Black in America. Yeah. that's what it's called. Yeah, um, and and, he, and he you know, saying being African American is to be African without the history, without the and memory. Amer- yeah, African American yes. without the privilege. Yes. Right, but you know, um, I think there's something to be said for art that's just a reflection of what your experience mm-hmm. is 
that is a shared experience yeah. for people who share that experience so that they can hear out loud what that experience is. And I'll sure. give a, another example. Another example is Between the World and Me by Ta-Nehisi Coates, right? Yeah. Um, this is a book that talks about what the black experience is. It's very tragic. Um, it's very real. It, it can be very visceral. Um, I don't think he made that book for white people to understand what the black experience is. He made that book for black people to read it and be like, shit, this is the black experience. It didn't tell me anything I didn't know about my right. experience. But at the yeah. same time, there's an art in me reading my experience on a piece of paper spoken by somebody who is better at articulating what my experience is than I am. And and okay. I think that that's what I am getting from this as art. So I totally appreciate that point, particularly as it pertains to Ta-Nehisi Coates, right? Because he can articulate these things better than I can. And mm -hmm. when you read it on the paper like that, it actually helps like form something like an, an opinion or an idea in your mind that perhaps you had mm -hmm. difficulty like you know, putting together and he puts it together right. for you. And you're like, yes, this is what I've been trying to say. Right, right. I'm not sure if Ad2 is doing that for me, even though I can respect that he's got bars. Again, he's not teaching me anything that I didn't already know. So, but again, is Tennessee Coates teaching you something you didn't know, or is he articulating something that you knew in a way that is succinct? Okay. Uh, so, in the things that I have read from Ta-Nehisi Ta Coates, he's doing the latter. Atu's not doing either of them for me. He's not doing the former or the latter. You know what I'm saying? For me, and maybe that's maybe that's just me. And so if an album comes across my, my space like this, um, I want to, I don't necessarily want to be blown away, but I want to feel like I gained something or I learned something or I, I, I I it increased my value for, for whatever reason. Maybe it's the musical, uh, the musical aspect. Maybe they did some things with music that I haven't heard before. Um, I didn't get that from this album. Um, or maybe I got something from the lyrical perspective. I'm like, wow, like I really never thought about that. I didn't get that from this album either. I enjoyed it and I respect the project and I respect the art. But like, you know, does it resonate? Sure, but like, had I never heard this album, nothing in my life would have changed you know what i'm saying like that so for me i just don't necessarily have the same takeaway but you know that's that's me that's fair so yeah. do you even want to discuss the album now? yeah no no let's continue I mean, discussing because it. we we talk about a lot of music that didn't change my life so i mean I, I don't i don't necessarily know if i agree that that's an indictment but no I mean. well i'm not necessarily so i'm not <laughs> indicting the album my thing is that like because i'm not critical of the album either i enjoyed it um, and I think it's definitely an album worth discussing, especially if you and I are going to have two different takes on it. You know, I mean, mm. how boring of a conversation is that if you and I both just had the same idea? Yes, no, we okay. discussed that with several albums that we love, sure, but I, this probably is going to lend itself to a more interesting conversation anyway. Yeah. Yeah. So uh, next track is uh, is your different skit. Um, you know, this is narrated by a character that he named Well Spoken. Yeah. Um, it kind of teases at black exceptionalism uh it's a spoken word poem that kind of starts by telling a young person that he or she is different um and then you know while explaining why the child is different you're really just it's really just pointing out the disparity between the black experience and the experience of others yeah i mean for so, me i, I and, took it as like the talk almost right you know? and yeah. and that the quote that you mentioned previously which is 
is the one that I had, which is remember to be African American. Oh, is that on African this one? Without the memory, yeah. Oh, okay. And American without the privilege. Yeah. yeah. So, um, so I like that. I, I really like that quote. That's probably if I were to say that there was something that I was going to take away from the album and and would use in my daily um, discussion, like you talked about earlier, that would probably be the quote. I thought okay. that was a really good quote. Um, goes into young niggas maintain. Yeah. I this I don't have a quote from, but this is kind of his autobiographical, you know, record. It, it kind of reminds me of like we gonna be all right, but it's not yeah. anthemic. It's more autobiographical. This is on my list of one of the songs that I could just sit down and like just enjoy just aesthetically. This was mm-hmm. one of them. I, I really like this yeah. track. Yeah, he says uh, writing all these bars while I visit friends behind them. I thought yeah. that was kind of dope. Um, and then uh, the next one, uh, Souls for Sale, sold it's another out. Another good one. I, I really like this, mm-hmm. I, and I, I like that it kind of deals with like capitalism and consumerism. Mm-hmm. Um, and the line that I have from this one is, uh, "Money make the world go round. We keep spending, so it keeps spinning." Yeah, I thought that was dope. Mm-hmm. Um, next one I got is uh, "Back in the Day." This is another um, one for me. Like this whole this the, run right here is probably my favorite run of the album. Yeah, no, it's fire. Um, I, I like all the features on this record. Um, oh, and, yeah. Who is who's the woman who features on here? Brittany Carter. Uh, she yo, she her. was. Um, yeah, she delivered. I don't I know love who she her is. Voice. But... I love her bars. I haven't heard her before this either. Yeah. Um, but um, yeah. I mean, the thing I'll say about this record is, um, this album was kind of in the vein of Minstrel Show by <laughs> by Little Brother. Yeah. And so it's kind of like. Too. In my mind, I'm listening to this and I'm like, I wonder if Little Brothers heard this album. Yeah. And then I hear Fonte on Fonte it. Like, is okay, on it. Yeah. I, I like that cosign. Um, I like the fact that Minstrel Show, you know, I don't know if this was one of your indictments of Minstrel Show, but Minstrel Show, one of the places that it kind of falters is that um, while it does kind of have a, um, you know, these undertones of like the segregationist South and et cetera. Mm-hmm it's still just an indictment on the rap game, right? Yeah. And like, in general, the rap game just kind of doesn't really matter. I mean, I'm, I'm sorry to say that as somebody who loves rap and, and you know, but it's like, okay, you know, you, you're eating these MCs and people are flossed out and you don't like that. That's fine. But yeah. like, what does that mean in the grand scheme of things? So I like that this kind of has like a minstrel show kind of tone to it, but it's actually talking about relevant issues in life mm-hmm. and and i like having fonte on the record you know uh because it's just like okay it nods to minstrel show but then you know we still got this subject matter so right. um the bar i have from this is not a crazy bar but it's just uh my family's tree was uprooted by uncle sam mm-hmm. um i thought that was dope anyway um next joint mama said skit um he says oh where is it at um the fact that there's a whole type of people that's scared of me makes me kind of powerful. Yeah, I've and heard that idea before. Um, it is an interesting conversation to explore. Or not an interesting right. conversation. It is an interesting, I guess, idea to explore. But I thought it was dope because it was actually... That was the child's idea. Mm-hmm. And the mother's idea was like, I'm, I'm scared for you. Yeah. Like, you know, because... You know, it was like, oh, I'm the the child is like, oh, people are scared of me. That that's kind of powerful. Yeah. And, but and but that it kind of like makes me like a monster. But then it's like, but I'm a monster that wouldn't hurt anyone. No. Well. And I, go ahead, keep going. And then the mother's like, yeah, exactly. Like that's what's scary because 
you look like you're threatening to all these people, but you yeah. wouldn't hurt a fly. Yeah. And so that makes you dangerous to people in such a way that it might be dangerous to you. Mm -hmm. Which it to me is like what parents, I mean, I don't have kids, but right. like if I did have kids, that would be the scariest thing for me is, <clears throat> is the lens that other people view my child through because I view my child as a kid. Yeah. And the rest of the world is going to view my child as whatever they view it, my child as. Yeah. You know what I mean? No, I, I think that that's a very good takeaway from it. Um, it almost sounds like we're getting more from the skits than, than the songs. But I, you know, that idea about when you're a kid kind of embracing the fact that you're scared. I mean, that's something that we even talked about when we were younger. Like yeah. saying it's like, you know, we know that and I know. Maybe not me personally, but I was still in spaces in the collective group where we, you know, I'm going to discuss this as we. The idea that like, you know, white people are intimidated by us and we kind of like that, you know. Mm. Anyway, yeah. uh, as you as you as you as you mature, you kind of grow out of that as you grow out of your adolescence. Yeah. But but you're talking about it from the child's perspective. That's definitely yeah. something that we used to talk about when That's we were in high school. It's like we we liked it that y'all were kind of scared of us because it's like it's leave us the fuck alone. Yeah, I feel like I never really owned it in that way that I, I liked it. I mm. think we, we kind of, we and myself and friends just kind of owned it as just like, it just is what it is. So yeah. fuck y'all. Like, like, yeah. like it, we, we're not happy that you feel that way about us. But if you do, fuck y'all. Like, that's kind of <laughs> okay. where we, we got with it, you know? Okay. Um, okay, so the next one is Fear of God. Again, um, I think this is like the most barred up song like on the whole record. It's another okay. kind of play on the whole black church thing, but he just he's just giving you bars, 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 bars. Like, I mean, every bar is is equotable on here. I, like, I felt like he really just killed it. Mm -hmm. um, Jump the Broom. I, I like liked. this one. This was, yeah. this was the only, I guess, woman record that I kind of liked. And the main reason why is mm. just because for whatever reason, the the hook from it was a group theory. theory, right? Yeah, yeah. I, I've always liked that song, but I never really like uh -huh. really listened to it. But I listened okay. to the lyrics of the hook this time around, and I was like, "Yeah, I feel that. Like, I really feel yeah. that." Anyway, but maybe it's just because I'm older now, and I'm like, "Yeah, uh -huh. um, like uh, love has a way of having bad timing." And I'm like, "Yeah, that's true. That's true." But anyway, I, I like this track. Yeah, and I like it. And I mean, you know, this is the love song. This is the wedding song. You know, it talks about the concept of jumping the broom, which comes from, you know, obviously the times of, well, Africa and the times yeah. of slavery. Um, I like the bar. I'm trying to sweep you off your feet and jump the broom with you, mm -hmm. uh, which is kind of captures what the whole feeling of the song is. Yeah. Um, and then the next one is the Black and American skit, which we I talked about before. Um, it's basically just like a comedy routine that plays up the Black experience. Um, it starts with, uh, why can I play for a team but can't own it? Mm -hmm. Which uh, I thought was dope. Um, next, next song is Hashtag, and that's like the kind of Black Lives Matter record right. here. Um, you know, it's a police brutality record. It's sad but necessary. Kind of mm -hmm. talks about someone being murdered by a police officer. Um, the guy says, uh, he says, you didn't call the ambulance, you called for backup. Which yeah. is really sad because that's like what happens in a lot of cases like oh, this. Yeah. Um, Before you what check was the, the Amber Geiger shit? Right, 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 right. Right. It was like, um, you know, call for backup. And then, you know, it's like, oh, well, did you, you know, did you get an ambulance in there? No, nah, he's dead already. You know? Yeah. Um, you, before you check my pulse, you checked if I had drugs. 
yeah. Is that is that one of the bars on there? Yeah. yeah. Oh, yeah, that's dope. Yeah. Um, then this one, I guess you didn't like, but uh, nappy hair. This is. Uh, it's not that I disliked it. Like it just felt. Of... Sometimes it just felt like a little too much pining, but it's whatever. Yeah. I, I don't dislike the track. It's just not something that I would. It's whatever. It's cool. Yeah. Sam Trump is on this. I've met him since I moved to Chicago. He's a trumpet player. He's super ill. He's worked with uh, Chance the Rapper and a bunch of other folks. So shout out to Sam. Yeah. Um, but this is the I Love My Black Sisters joint. Mm-hmm. Um, yeah. And, you know, I mean, yeah, I've heard better I love records. My black sisters, so. I, I, I love my I mean, black yeah. sisters too, but I just, I've heard better records on the theme. And I'm like, eh. yeah. and that's fine. Look, there's, you know, people are always going to have come out with songs that I've heard a better one prior. But I yeah. think that's just why I'm like, eh, it's, it's, it's fine. Yeah, it's cool. no, I, I like, I like, I like this subject matter. So um, this isn't my favorite song on the on the project, but I, right. I like the subject matter. Um, he says, "Was looking for my roots, and this journey was a quest, love." Which I thought was a cute little joint. And then he says, uh, "Girl, they gotta sit up in the sun to get skin like yours," which I, I liked. Um, but yeah, it's just just a, a girl joint. That's cool. Homecoming, which I like this record just because it reminds me of like college, like you know. Homecoming. I mean, if you went to an HBCU, which we didn't, um, I'm sure this would be like the type of ruckus, like record you hear, like you know, at like a HBCU homecoming game or something. Um, I feel like all that was missing was David Banner, so they got like a dude that sounds like David Banner on the joint. I wasn't as impressed with this song just because it, it yeah. did sound like a throwback without adding anything new to it. Yeah. And the guy at the end, he's like, he just bodied everybody in the game in one song. No, he didn't. Stop it. Uh, he did not. <laughs> this this. Definitely does sound like a throwback record, and it's not one of yeah. my favorite ones on here. But um, I appreciate it just from the perspective of this idea of kind of overall painting different facets of blackness. Mm-hmm. Again, this is kind of to me like the black homecoming experience, almost. Right. You know, like like he has a record about that, and he calls it homecoming. I enjoyed that. Mm-hmm. Um, slave awareness, I think, might be the most astute of the skits. Um, just because, I mean, I think the, I, and, and, you know, you kind of talked about like things that assess the black experience in a way that you ha- would take something away. I think mm-hmm. this is kind of one of them, you know, where it's, it's spoken word on how do you make a slave? Yeah. Um, and the, the, the bar that I had here or the line that I had here is, um, after a while, people think oppression is the normal state of things. Um, and just kind of talking about like how you create a situation where, you know, people are enslaved and it's it's slavery of the mind. They don't even know that they're that they're slaves. Mm-hmm. Um, so I thought that was really dope. And the follows and then, it up by Willie Gets Lynched, which is right, apropos. Which, which is that exactly that entire, um, which I always feel a way when I see Willie Lynch for, you know, reasons of, of historical accuracy. Right. But, um, you know, he has a bar here where he says, uh, Mama said, if they speak to you, tell them, yes, sir. If they ask for your seat, you tell them, yes, sir. If they refuse to keep sell you food, keep your cool. But just talking about essentially like now that you are have been mentally enslaved your entire life, you know, essentially your parents are teaching you these. Your, your parents are teaching you to enslave yourself almost. Yeah. Right. Because because you've you're being taught to stay alive. And yep. the survival techniques that you've been taught. And I mean, honestly, this is so real to me. Like, this is like my life experience. Like, my parents taught me, like, you know, uh, be polite. Um, you know, don't make eye contact with white people. 
um, you know, uh, do if, if a police officer, you know, says anything to you, just do just don't look at them. Just do whatever you can to try to make the, the experience go by as quickly as possible, um, etc. And there is a certain slavery in that because you're making you're dimming your light in order to make those around you feel comfortable. But unfortunately, those are the things that you need to do to survive. Right. So um, I, I really like the subject matter of this song. Okay. Any thoughts? No, no I don't. This is, I don't have anything to add to that. I would agree. I mean, <laughs> uh, when you know, and I'm not even going to say his name, but the you know the idea of mental slavery was kind of relevant uh, last year because a certain certain buffoon was saying the rest of us were mental slaves, even though he himself is very much a mental slave. But I mean, that's something that we've been talking about, you know, for forever. You know, for as long yeah. as I've been conscious about being an african-american and what being mm -hmm. black means despite the fact that many of the things that blackness entails i've never experienced because i'm passable but yeah. you know despite that um the whole idea of, like mental slavery i mean yeah that's still prominent now i mean even even yeah. on in earlier songs when you were talking about how like oh um the world uh, we keep spinning so the world keeps spinning i mean that's a form mm -hmm. of mental slavery too yeah so yeah. But he talks about like like on this song specifically things like um I know like break, yeah, with, breaking up the black family. I thought that yeah. was that was interesting and important. And you know he talked about how like you know they incarcerate your father. And, yeah. You know and and you're you're forced to try to learn how to be a man. And, and your mom is essentially just trying to keep you from the same position that your father's in. Yeah. No. And that's um, the reason why Queen and Slim resonated with me so much because what I took mm -hmm. from that the little silly plot points that don't really have anything to do with the love story whatever but essentially i took that as is like look they they've been trying to split the black family apart since they've had a chance to i mean even even separating slaves so that they couldn't communicate with one another i mean that's separating black families they've always done that and that's the reason why our culture in america is so weak i mean that is the reason so obviously that's something that's going to resonate with me very strongly yeah and then the last one that I got to because I, I didn't get a chance to uh, to break down Soul Searching um, is is the Wings record, and I like this record because you know it's unfortunate, but like you know this kind of discusses. So he's it's a song for his mentee who got killed, and basically it's like a song about dealing with the loss of a loved one, dealing with the loss of somebody who's close to you, and like kind of psychologically you know what that does to you both from from reconciling not having that person around you anymore and then also like reasoning you know what that means to existence that that person's life can just kind of be snatched away like that so yeah you know um i again i think that the most powerful thing about this project is not the individual songs but just like the fact that you know it just touches on so many different pieces of like the overall black experience. And I think that was, you know, what really resonated with me about the project. And maybe I've been unfair and maybe I've just been looking at this from too much of a personal, uh, too much of a personal lens, because a lot of the things that you're taking away from it, I'm glad that you and anybody else who would listen to this would take those things, take those things from it. And maybe I did as well, but I, because I feel like I didn't necessarily learn anything or even thinking about anything in a particularly new light, I was kind of like, well, what am I really getting from this? Mm -hmm. But maybe that's just too much of um, a self-centered way to look at it. And so hearing you break it down um, is good because 
if an artist is going to come out with this type of material, it's, it's great to have it. But if no one is taking anything from it, then it's like, what's the point? And so, yeah. you know, for me, am I going to look back on this album in 10, 15, 20 years the way I look back on Black on both sides? No, I'm not. But if you or any, especially like if a younger Black person is listening to this and they think, mm -hmm. you know, it sticks with them the way those albums stuck with us, then I mean, that's, mm -hmm. that's great. So yeah. it's definitely a good project. It was definitely worth the listen. Um, I think where the only thing I was only point I was making was that I'm not as impressed with every as everybody else. But then again, you know, a, a lot of this hip hop music that I hear now doesn't impress me the way it once did. Um, but, you know, it, it is what it is. Uh, yeah. The one thing I'll say for it, you know, um, that that's kind of a challenge to it being on a year end list is um, I don't think it really does anything outside of the box like musically right like like from a musicality perspective yeah. i could go back and listen to you know a kendrick lamar mixtape from yes, 2011 sure. and hear the same production some of the same cadences yeah. etc as i hear on this project right like yeah. I, I don't think it does anything new musically and i would say that you know the subject matter is touched upon in a more artistically creative way on like a to pimp a butterfly right by, by yeah. kendrick right yeah. Um, so, you know, those indictments of the album, I definitely would would say, you know, are salient um, and I agree with them. But I think just, you know, we got a lot of music in 2019 um, mm -hmm. and, and we didn't have a lot of music that I felt was topically relevant and, and salient. You know, I, I spent a lot of this year praising Griselda. And, you know, while while it's it's great to have guys who can still rap about selling cocaine in 2019 when nobody sells cocaine anymore, um, you know, uh, there's very few records that, you know, I'm going to get bars to where I'm I'm impressed by the lyricism of the MC. Yeah. Um, and subject matter that actually really touches on experiences that I'm having in my life and and this is one of the few in 2019 albums that I got like that like we said we sat on here and praised Megan the Stallion's album right yeah. um yeah the whole well, but, album um, is about yeah twerking you well, know true we were we also praised it because we had low expectations we <laughs> liked things aesthetically about the sound of the album and the mm -hmm. overall I guess the mixing of the album is like stellar and those are some of the things yeah, that we were yeah, praising yeah, yeah. But I'm just I'm just saying that, you know, there are very few albums that we've discussed in 2019 yeah. that that have subject matter that really actually resonates with me in terms of what my experience is yeah. in life. Um, I We talked about the baby. I gave him king of 2019. Um, you know, his album didn't have any anything really that resonated with me as a human. I didn't yeah. I didn't listen to any of his songs and go like, oh, wow, this really captures how I feel or have ever felt in my life. Yeah. Um. And I think that this album does have many moments that captures, ca capture how I feel or or things that I've experienced in my life. Yeah. And like I said, the point I made at the top of the show was that he definitely has bars on here. I hear, heard, and acknowledge and respect all that. Um. I think generally when I hear a project like this, like it's one thing to hear a song like this or to hear like traces of theme like the like thematically hear a lot of the things he's talking about and like in different mm -hmm. verses and, and different lyrics and whatnot but like to dedicate an entire album to this is like okay um mm -hmm. for me i'm maybe worried about falling into the trap of like i said like the low-hanging fruit like i'm mm -hmm. obviously going to like this and so 
maybe I have a bit of a bad taste in my mouth because I recently finished watching Watchmen on HBO, which is a good show. Uh, it's a good show. But I saw so many black friends on Facebook talk about how it was the most amazing show, amazing superhero show ever. And I'm like, it's well, first of all, I'm, that's not saying all that much, but there are better ones on TV, in my opinion. And I think the, I, the only thing that I could really take from the reason like why they were saying that is because there were so many black themes in it. And to me, I'm like, yeah. just because something has black themes doesn't make it amazing. It makes it relevant. It makes it cool to watch. It makes it so that you can you can see yourself and that's great. But like that doesn't mm. make it like amazing art. And so Agree. I don't yeah. necessarily want to fall into the trap of praising this yes. just because it has the black themes. Now, it has the bars. And I said that exactly. it has the bars. Yes. Musically, though, it, mm -hmm. like is yeah. I thought I thought it was a little lacking. Um, there were some songs that I could definitely vibe with. Like I said, there's like a, a five or six track where I'm like, yo, like I can I can I can ride to this. Yeah. I can I can vibe with this. But even so, um, even though I, I do like the bars, am I going to take anything and use it in my day-to-day -day vernacular? Maybe. I mean, maybe that would be something that time will have to tell. So it's probably too mm -hmm. early for me to definitively say, hey, look, I'm not going to take anything from this album and apply it to my life. So, okay, that's yeah. probably too too quick to jump the gun on, on my, my part. But mm -hmm. it's definitely a good album. I'm glad that we discussed it. And if anyone you know, and listen to this album as well and they enjoyed it and they took something from it. I mean, that's that's great because, you know, you better have that yeah. opinion than, than mine. <laughs> yeah. yeah, no, I mean, and, and if, if folks have, you know, um, opinions, definitely feel free to, to speak on it in the comments, you know, comment uh, back to us. Um, I just, I think, again, and I, I forget what album we were recently to, oh, gold link diaspora mm -hmm. right um yeah. and i said i like the idea of this album yeah. more than i like the album yeah i would say i also like the idea of this album more than i like this album okay. but at the same time this guy's got bars yeah he and got for, bars for, he, he, for somebody he, yeah. who raps or rapped or whatever you know yeah. like i have an, a, a level of appreciation for you know being able to talk about great subject matter but also yeah. really coming with bars and yeah. and no disrespect to Gold Link because I, I really like Gold Link. I think he's very creative. I like a lot of his cadences, but Gold Link don't be saying shit. I don't listen to Gold Link for bars. I don't. Oh, right. Yeah. So, so you know, while I really like the idea of his album, he ain't say shit on it. Yeah. So, so for for you know an album of that's supposed to be about the black experience, and I actually get to hear somebody really rap on it, mm -hmm. I really appreciated that too. Okay. All right. Yeah. So I think that should wrap it up for our discussion on Add Two's The Jim Crow Musical. And I do think it was released late November. Um, I think I saw it was listed the 26th. So. But yeah, um, yeah. that should dope, pretty dope, much do it unless dope. you have anything else to add. Nah, that should do it. Um, I know you're you're on your way to New Zealand. Yeah. You're about to uh, you know have a, a good time, do your mm -hmm. thing. Uh, and then we've got Supreme Clientele when you get back. So right. I'm really excited about that. That's one of my favorite albums and also one of your favorite albums. So. Yes, yes, yes. And if uh, if you listen to this podcast and you like the things we talked about today, share it with folks. Let people know um, yeah. because it's not just our regular day-to-day -day breakdown of music. We're actually talking about some some real shit, as they say. So Agree wholeheartedly. This is an album that does not have a Wikipedia page. This is an album that is not going to be 
they're not going to talk about it at the Grammys or whatever bullshit award show is mm-hmm. probably going to award Cardi B's album from three years ago as the album of the year. <laughs> so, you know, <laughs> I mean, it, it, this is a good opportunity to highlight something that is probably not going to be highlighted in a lot of um, a, a lot of shows and a lot of outlets. So I'm glad that we had an opportunity to talk about it for that reason. All right, yo, so uh, like us and subscribe. Uh, you can yes. find us at the, the 80s Babies, T-H-E-8-0-Z-B-A-B-I-E-S at uh, Gmail, Facebook, Twitter, Instagram, SoundCloud, iTunes, Spotify. The message given to me from the most high. I think we got it. I think that's right. And shout out to Add2, man. Uh, thank you for giving us this album and, and, and something to talk about. All right, Still play the lotto He told me life is a gamble That shit is favorite model Throwing the paradise Is like the paradise I'm low key like Barry White Wait, that key low though Barry White Wait, no dope Play my songs in the kid life My vision darker Off the wall like I'm Peter Parker No Bret Hart, a sharpshooter You could be the target You need a coffin I kill it sick, can you hear me coughing? They always say I'm in rare form I do it often I beg your pardon I sell ticks like I play in Boston Found myself trying to find myself in these beats I'm lost in Lost ones thinking they could guard son My son crossing like God's son Jesus got more game than shutters worth But it's worth my homies born short like his butter's worth Fighting addiction I pinpoint the affliction My pinpoints to the page to draw a blank I bet you still feel it huh. Niggas don't get the picture yet You could have to take my foot I still wouldn't miss the sky Chillin' in the cutter, got the scissors set, sizzling the skillet, food for thought, and I'm the kitchen chef. Sick and sick and set of flow, it's ice blind, slipping yet. Anybody thinking they can write with me, getting left. Boy, better chill with your weak ass. I'm watching all the games, they playing like a league pass. Got my fam eating good, this the repass. Never had a Sega, but I always had a Dreamcast. In the shot, niggas passing more than Steve Nash. Never hear a sound, we like the force when the tree crash. What? This force is trying to finish, this force in my hand. Run out open like force, but it could run in like force. Face can't kill us, cause they ain't real enough. Still stealing, biting my lines like I ain't real enough. This motherfucker rhyme, out of this motherfucking mind. But no matter what you do, don't waste my motherfucking time, nigga. Oh yeah. Get your hand out my pocket. See, I did not stop play games with you. Get your hand out my pocket. See, I'll stop it.
about to die.